This is cool. A lot of new faces, a lot of people I haven't met yet. Uh, Sean did a great job introducing me. My name is Jordan Goody. I uh, get the privilege of being the director of the Chi Alpha here at WVU. Um, hmm. Well, Katie was in here. My wife, Katie, she was in here. Oh, there she is in the back, hidden. Surrounded. Here's my wife, Katie, in the back. She's, uh, she's attending to our daughter, Zoe. She's 20 months. It's, uh, yeah, they're both joys of my life. Uh, we're from Houston, Texas. A little, about, a little bit about me, Sean has already said it. We're from Houston, Texas. All of us are. Well, Charles is from Dallas. Katie is, well, she's African. Uh, I'm not joking. <laughs> she really is African. And uh, the rest of us are from Houston, Texas. Sorry, Charles, you couldn't be included. Dallas is, Dallas is the lesser. Uh, the Chi Alpha has been here for about two and a half years. So that was a little bit more about it. Christopher did a good job explaining a little bit about who we are. And um, I have lived here for about three years in October. So this is, this is all exciting, and being here tonight with y'all is exciting as well. Tonight, I uh, want to talk about three things with y'all. Um, I want to talk about the future. I want to talk about, uh, well, I forgot the second thing. Facts, that's the third thing. Third thing, thing. See if I can enunciate tonight. Future, friends, and facts. I'm excited. We're going to have some fun. I want to look at uh, Isaiah chapter 55. It's uh, verse 6. You'll be able to, you should be able to see a slide up there. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. I'm going to pray right quick and then we'll, we'll get started. Father God, you're good. Reveal yourself to us. Open up our hearts. Help us to hear you and speak through me, Lord. Help us to see how good you are. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, first week of school for a lot of you. I enjoyed the first week of school. The first week of school is fun. You get to discover a lot of things. Some of y'all have discovered that your roommate is disgusting. And I'm sorry for the people who've discovered that. Some of y'all have probably discovered that, who's discovered that they're the nasty roommate? I see, I see a few hands up. Holden's hand is up. Jacob's hand is up. Katie Sears, did you have your hand up? Probably. Sorry, Charles. Oh, yeah, who is that? I don't know who I was talking about. That was weird. But, uh, yeah, I had a disgusting roommate my freshman year. Um, he was... Uh, man, I don't think I was the cleanest guy, but then when I met him... I was like transformed. I was converted. When you sleep five feet away from someone who on a good week showers two times a week, it does something to you. You know, it changes you forever. I was, uh, especially when you live in Texas, when you sweat all the time, that's like the one place where you need to be, you need to be taking showers. So it was, it was really bad. Who has found out that the cafeteria food isn't necessarily, not all of it is edible? Anybody discovered that? Anybody discovered that uh, pizza and energy drinks is not a sustainable diet? A few people? Oh, somebody said whatever. <laughs> I had a friend named A-Rod. Some of y'all have met A-Rod. You met him a couple years ago. He, um, he, came, he, he came here and spoke to us, but uh, he was, man, he was a joke. All he did was eat pizza 
and uh, energy drinks. And that guy was shredded. He was so ripped. I mean, he was so ripped that you really need to come up with a different adjective to describe what he was. Like, it just didn't make any sense. You watch him eat pizza, and it's like he got new muscles. And then he'd be like, oh, man, I'm out of shape. And, you know, he'd take a shirt off, and there's a six-pack there. And it's just like, what? <sighs> it, that's it. That's it. Alec knows what, knows what it is. But I like college. I like the first week of college. It's fun. You discover a lot of things. I know my first year of college, um, one thing I discovered was, you know, I, I moved in. I went to school down in Texas. Didn't go to WVU. I wasn't privileged enough. I, uh, but I did get here as soon as possible, so it's been nice. But, yeah, I went to a small school in Texas called Sam Houston State University. Small, small by Texas standards, large anywhere else. Is, it was like 20,000 people. It was a pretty big school, but small in Texas. But um, so I was there, and when I moved in, I knew a bunch of guys that, or I, had, I knew a bunch of people who were coming from my high school and other friends who were coming to the university I went to. But when I moved in, I was the first one to move in, and none of the, them were there yet. So I started walking around campus and just looking around, and the first person I meet was a guy in Chi Alpha. And his name was Will House, and it was a cool conversation. First 15 minutes, you know, we talked about sports. And then, and then he started talking about God and Chi Alpha in a small group, and I was like, ooh, I ain't about that life, dog. And I got out of there <laughs> as soon as possible. And so I thought I'd never see him again. And he didn't know that I had grown up in church. He didn't know, ooh, sorry, my Wi-Fi is on, and the university keeps trying to make me log on. But um, he didn't know that I grew up in church. He didn't know that I wasn't necessarily running from God, but I wasn't necessarily trying to run to God either. I was kind of like, I just don't know if God can really fit in my plans. I didn't really, I just didn't, I just didn't, yes, that's Zoe. But I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't have any intention of making any time for God. And so I'm at, I'm at, I'm at Sam Houston and I have two goals. The first goal was I wanted to go to med school, so I, w I needed to do really well in school. My second goal was I wanted to enjoy the college experience. And for me, what the college experience was is, you know, I saw the movies Old School, Animal House, American Pie. You know, like, that was the college experience to me. And so I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. And it, everything was working according to plan. You know, I did that. I avoided I got out of that conversation, and I dove right into dabbling, you could say, with a lot of different things. And the way that I saw it was, look, I can focus on school, and then I can do this as well. I can balance the two. They don't need to infringe upon one another. I'll go and, you know, I'll go to class, and then at night, I'll do whatever I want to do. And it was cool. You know, I was making A's. Everything was going the way uh, according to plan. I was balancing both. And then about a, as a, about a month into the school year, I noticed something started missing more and more classes, started staying out later and later, started doing certain things that I didn't intend to do my entire life. I was just doing them for this period of time. And it was OK, because college is the place to discover who you want to be, right? And so that was my experience. And then about a month in into the school year, it just became more and more and more. And then there was one morning where you know, I woke up, and it was like 2 clock in the afternoon. You know, the night before, I drank a little bit more than I wanted to drink. You know, I did some things that I didn't necessarily intend for them to go that far. And I noticed that this life, these two lives that I was trying to balance, 
they were starting to infringe upon one another. And the person that I was trying to be where I was dabbling with things was kind of infringing on the person that I wanted to be forever. And I saw it clearly. I saw it re really clearly one day. I was writing my destiny at that very moment. The future was not out in the distance. It was not something that I had all this time to get ready for. The future was right now. I was becoming a certain human being for the rest of my life by some of the things that I was doing. And these things weren't just things that I was doing. They were, they were kind of becoming who I was. I noticed how I talked to people differently, especially girls. I noticed how I treated people differently. I noticed how less interested I was in things that mattered and how much more interested I was in things that didn't really matter at all. In fact, were pretty insignificant. And so I'm up against it where I'm realizing that my future, I'm writing my future right now. Me and my friends thought, hey, college is the place where you discover yourself and you figure out the future that you want. But I was discovering that I was making myself at that very moment. And so I really started thinking about some things, and I really like the way that this woman says it. Who's ever heard of TED Talks? Some of you all have heard of TED Talks. They're really cool, different people who talk about like all different types of field. One dude climbed Mount Everest, talked about perseverance. One, one dude's a CEO and he talks about be leading leaders. Another person is a coach and he talks about the skill of self-confidence. And so you have all these different talks that people do. Interesting. You have all these different talks that people are talk, all these different things that people are talking about. And this woman, she has this amazing TED talk, which goes right into what I'm talking about. It's called why 30 is not the new 20. Her name is Meg Jay, and she talks about a dilemma that is present for everyone here in this room, everyone, because, and almost everyone in our society today, because everyone, almost everyone will be 20, and then everyone who's over 20 has already been 20. She talks about this dilemma where basically not claiming your 20s is one of the biggest mistakes you can make in your entire life. Some of y'all aren't 20 yet. Some of you are about to turn 20, like Abby. It's, where's Abby? <laughs> Birthday girl. Yeah. Abby just turned 19 today, but she'll be 20 next year on this day. Some of y'all are already in your 20s, and your future is right now. It's not in the distance. It's right now. She says that this she says that most of us look at our 20s as a developmental downtime, when it is really a developmental sweet spot. The most important decisions that you'll make are in your 20s. She says that the benign neglect is the real problem, and, the, and it has real consequences of not claiming your 20s. 80% of life's most defining moments happen by the age of 35. Eight out of 10 decisions and experiences and aha moments that make your life what it is will happen by your 30s. We know that half Americans meet their half of Americans meet their future par partner by the age of 30. Your brain has its last major growth spurt in its 20s while it rewrites itself for adulthood. Your personality your personality changes more in your 20s than any other time in your life. So when we think about child development, I look at Zoe, I'm with Zoe 
And it's so much fun to watch her. She's, the most ordinary things are shaping her life on an inordinate scale. The, the things that she hears me say or watches me do or watches Katie do or any of us are transforming her life forever and transforming her literally. But one thing that we don't talk about, she says, is that this is the exact same case for you all in your 20s. She says your 20s have an inordinate impact on who you are for the rest of your life. But this isn't what we usually hear. What we usually hear is, you know, newspapers talk about the changing timetable of adulthood. Researchers call our 20s an extended period of adolescence. Journalists come up with funny nicknames like kidults and twixters. As our culture trivializes our 20s. We hear people say, and this is what she says, we hear people say, I know this boyfriend isn't good for me, but this relationship doesn't count. I'm just killing time. Everyone says, as long as I get started on my career by my 30s, I'll be fine. She says, I am not discounting 20-something exploration. I am discounting exploration that isn't supposed to count. Anything you are doing right now that you hope does not have a permanent effect on you, you should quit right now. She says, if you are sleeping with that guy or girl and banking on the fact that she or you won't get pregnant, or you won't contract anything that you can't shake, she says you should give that up right now. Exploration that is not supposed to count is not exploration at all. It is procrastination. And then she goes on to say that you can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. And your friends have a huge impact on who you are. And so basically, I'm up against it. I'm thinking about this verse, and it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. And in this time, I'm like, look, I grew up in church. I'm, I'll figure out how I want to deal with that later. Right now, I just want to dabble with this stuff, and then I'll deal with life later on. But my life was being written at that moment. And the desires that I was creating were I could see desires that were going to take control of the rest of my life. And so I had to make a decision. I had to make a change. And I was like, look, i got to try something different. And so I reached out to that guy that I avoided. I don't know why I did it. I can't explain why I did it. I just know that there was something in my mind. I think I am certain that it was God now. But back then, I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this. I just know that he's the guy I'm supposed to go and talk to. Now, in between this time, I haven't explained to you, this guy has not left me alone. And why didn't he leave me alone? How is it that he followed me when... I got away from him, and then I went to a party that night thinking I would never see him again. Well, I'm hanging out with my friends who were from back home with me. We're at this fraternity party. We're having a good time. I come back. I'm walking into my dorm. I walk into the front entrance. As I'm walking in the front entrance, somebody walks in the other entrance, and I'm like, well, it's 2.30 in the morning. You know, who, who cares? I open, I'm opening my door, and I look over, and all of a sudden, I see hands go up in the air, and he's like, dude! And I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. And it's Will. And he's like, dude, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I live here. He's like, where do you live? And I don't want to tell him, but I'm like, well, I live right here. And he's like, aren't you excited? And I said, no. 
<laughs> and he's like, I live right next door to you. And I was like, man, that's great. <laughs> and he didn't leave me alone. He kept inviting me to stuff. Hey, dude, come and hang out. We're playing Call of Duty. We're doing this in my room. No, I'm good. Hey, let's go eat at Belvin. That was a cafeteria. It's been shut down, thank God. Uh, <laughs> there's less deaths at Sam Houston now that that cafeteria does not exist anymore. That cafeteria was so nasty that you were walking to the bathroom. And some people are already laughing because they know when you walk into the bathroom, the floor was so sticky that you would hear. It was like you were walking on like adhesive. It was like, <laughs> it was so nasty. You know, it's a nasty restroom when you only use it three times over the course of three years. And then you don't know anybody else who uses that restroom. Like I know people who ate at Belvin for like two years and they never use the restroom. They like, I took two steps and I walked back out. I was like, I can hold it. You know, it's not worth it. But Will would not leave me alone. He kept, oh my gosh, he kept bothering me. Hey, come and hang out. Hey, you want to do this? Hey, we're going over here. Hey, we're going to Whataburger. We're going to Taco Bell. I'm good, bro. Hey, hey, why don't you come to Chi Alpha? No, no thanks. Hey, why don't you come to a small group? Bro, don't you understand what no means? For like five weeks, he would not stop. And when I'm up against it and I'm thinking about my future is pressing down on me, I go, the first person I go to is him. And I'm like, hey, I want to do some things differently. Let's hang out. And it changed my life forever. I have a friend. He's a old, retired missionary. He's Mexican. Lives out in, deep in the ghetto in Houston. Some of y'all might get the privilege of meeting him this, uh, in a few months. I hope you do. He's the wisest person that I've ever met in my life. I think everyone on the staff, they all know. They've all met him. He's... He's unreal. It's, it's like well, you look at him, and then, you, and then he speaks, and you're like, what? It, it's, it's, re it's ridiculous how wise he is. And so one time we're hanging out, and he's like, hey, Jordan, you know I can predict the future? And I'm like, really? And he said, yeah, yeah, I can tell you exactly what your destiny is going to be like, exactly what your future is going to be like. And I'm like, oh, okay, how so? And he says, well, there's four things, four things that will define your future. And I'm like, what's that? He said, the first thing is your friends. And then he said, the music you listen to. And then he said, the books you read. And then he said, your heroes. Now, I don't want to say too much about uh, the music you listen to. The only thing I want to say is everyone should take a long, hard look at the music you listen to and think about what it's really saying. And ask yourself, is this what you want to you fill your mind with and your thoughts with? It, yeah, I could say a lot about that, but I'm not. That's all I'll say. But the other three are closely related to friendships. Now, you, some of you might be looking at this list and being like, how can books be related to friendships? Anyone who's been in my house has noticed your boy loves some books. <laughs> I like books. I, I should have taken a picture. I was going to take a picture of one of my bookshelves. It's like half of my books on it. And it's like, I just, I just like to read. And if you've been here for more than a semester, you've noticed that I have a problem where I'll go and, yeah, I, I know it seems a little crazy, but I'll go and I'll quote people and say, hey, my friend said this. And then as I say the quote, you realize this dude has been dead for 200 years. <laughs> How did your friend say this? I am a little crazy, but I'm not crazy with this because these people are my friends. When I hang out with them, their thoughts, their experiences, what they're saying about their lives, 
I am letting it speak into my life, so much so that it's changing who I am today and who I'll be forever. So when I say that I'm hanging out with friends, I really am hanging out with friends. And when you read something, you're in a sense hanging out with a friend. Sometimes you read a book and you're like, hey, I'm just dabbling. I don't know if this person's going to be good or not. You find out the book wasn't that good, so you're done with that friendship. Some people you keep reading because you're like, this person is worth my time and I want them to affect my life. Heroes. I love asking people, hey, do you have any heroes? I love asking people. Some, some people here, I'm not going to call you out. I've asked you before, who are your heroes? And nine times out of ten, I don't get anything. I don't get any names. Not one. People just think about it for like 60 seconds and then they'll be like, ah, you know what? I don't think I have any heroes. They lie. They lie. Maybe they don't lie because it's not intentional. But all of us have heroes. Every one of you has heroes. There is somebody. There's not just somebody. There's a lot of people that you look up to and you're like, look, I think this person is cool. I think this person is what I want to be. And that person, whether you realize it or not, or whether you agree with me or not, that person is affecting who you are becoming because you're tr like the way that they see the world, you kind of see the world the way they do, or at least you want to see it the way that they do. You want to know why they do what they do. You want to know how they do it. You think they're cool, so you, you want to live up to it. Look, I don't think there's any problem with heroes. I have heroes. We all have heroes. We all have people that we look up to, and they are defining our future. The Bible makes it clear that friends, friends change everything. In Proverbs, I'm going to read a few Proverbs. Proverbs 18, it says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 22, Don't make friends with, hot -tempered, with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get ensnared yourself. Proverbs 13, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. It's all over the Bible, not just in Proverbs. Your ability to have good friendships and to keep good friendships and to be a good friend, this will change your life forever. Y'all may not realize it, but something happened last week. Something happened and you don't even realize, like, it changed your life forever. Whether you like this, uh, this, what I'm about to say or not, it's just true. You are not the product of who you chose to be. You did not have the greatest influence on who you are today. Who had the greatest influence on who you are today are your parents. They are. Some of you may not like this because some of you, I had good parents. I'm grateful for my parents. My parents weren't perfect, but I don't know any parents that are. I've never met a perfect person in my life. Didn't get to meet Jesus. Missed out. But some of y'all had pretty bad parents. But watching the mistakes that they made and trying not to do what they did impacted you. Your parents are the most impactful thing in your life up until this moment. But for many of you, everything changed about 10 days ago or about a week ago because you moved up here and your future will forever be different. Now that you've moved out of the house, it is not your parents who will define your future. It is now your friends, the friends that you have and the friends that you let yourself have. Forging, keeping, having great friendships, it changes everything. 
And the Bible makes it clear that you will perish for a lack of good friendships. In Genesis chapter 3, something happened. Something happened where basically sin came into the world, the Bible says, and when it came into the world, it muddied the waters for everything. And clearly seeing what was right and wrong was very hard to do. And it affected all people in all times, not the people back in that time only. A.W. Tozer says this, one of the most devastating effects of sin has been to confuse our values so that we can only with difficulty distinguish a friend from a foe and tell for certain what is and what is not good for us. We have trouble seeing who is really our friend and who is really our enemy. We mistakenly call bad things good and good things bad. We talk in a world of shadows where real things appear unreal and things that don't matter and that we don't need are sought are sought eagerly as if all of our lives and our future happiness depended upon it. I don't know why I sought Will out, but I knew, I knew, I knew I was supposed to. And he was the right friend. I've been in Morgantown a few years now. I've been able to see what friendships look like for some people. I've seen friendships where, you know, People say, hey, this guy's my friend, and then they leave that guy when they meet a certain girl on the high street, and they're like, no, I'm going to take her home instead of you. You can figure it out. You're a big boy. I've seen that happen many times. I've seen other friends where their friends, look, homegirl got just too drunk, and they just left her, and they said, hey, you're a big girl. You can figure it out. One time, I was with Damani and Jeff. Jeff, y'all were there. We were in Casa de Amici, and there was a girl who was with her friends. She got really drunk. The friends are like, look, it's way early in the night. We're not trying to stop. You'll, you know, you'll figure it out. They leave her in casa. We're sitting there like, dang, that's, that's cold. We could see what was happening. Homegirl kind of passes out, kind of goes to sleep, a bit of both. <laughs> and she's sitting there in the booth, and she's like, she's out. And Casa de Amici is packed because it's a lot of the club people coming in. That's where they make their biggest business. I'm not hating. They come in, and they're like, look, we want this booth. And all the other seats are gone. Owners come over, pick her up with some of the people, and they sit her down in the street next to some fresh vomit. And we're watching all this happen. And we're like, dang. Great friends, huh? Those are the friends you want, right? Cool thing was, I was with some girls that night who watched all this happen. We all watched this happen. And as soon as they saw that she was put on the street, they immediately got up. And they went out, and they left. I, we didn't see him again for the rest of the night. They woke the girl up. I don't know how. <laughs> they woke the girl up. They took her home, looked out for her, made, made sure she made it home safe. Those are friends. I've seen, I've seen guys who fight for guys not to drop out of school and fight for them to actually take school seriously and not go home and not give up. I see people like Will, who fought for me and, and treated me better than I ever necessarily thought I ever even wanted to treat myself. It was weird to, to meet someone who cared about me on a level where I was like, he was almost equal to my parents, and I barely knew the guy. But he fought for me, and he loved me. Your ability to find good friends and to identify who good friends are and to keep those friendships, it will change your future forever. It will. The last thing I want to say, 
As I mentioned, I want to talk about facts. Bless you. Bless you again. We've been talking about friends. We've been talking about the future. Last thing I want to talk about is facts. It says in Proverbs 18.24, a man, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The greatest thing that Will ever did for me was he showed me who Jesus was. I, th I grew up in church. I thought I knew who he was. If you would ask me back then, hey, do you know who Jesus is? I would say I knew all there is to know about him. Funny story. Last week, so some of you all know I got a truck like a few days ago. Kind of cool. This like missionary organization. They raise money for missionaries to get cars, and, and they got me a truck. It was, it was like the coolest thing. And so they emailed me like a month and a half ago, and they're like, hey, Jordan, we got you a truck. And I'm like, oh, snap, this is awesome. And I'm like text, I'm not texting, I'm emailing back and forth with the lady who's like ahead of this, and we're emailing back and forth. I'm reading these emails over and over. I'm looking at the pictures of the truck. I'm like, this is kind of cool, you know? So I get a ticket down in Houston to go pick up the truck. Because they said, hey, we got the truck in the office. And I was like, cool. The office is in Houston. That's one of the offices. I fly down. My parents pick me up. Hey, you getting your truck tomorrow? Yes, so excited. Oh, we go out to eat. It's great. My mom drives me up to the place. I meet the guy. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, Jordan. Dude, we're so glad we could do this for you. I'm like, ah, oh, thank y'all. Y'all are amazing. I, I don't even know what to say. So... And he's like, what can I do for you? And I'm like, uh. He's like, what can I do for you? And I'm like, oh, no. I knew exactly what I did. All the things that I reread in that email over and over and over again, I failed to realize that it said national office, which is in Springfield, Missouri. And so <laughs> I just looked at him. And I was like, the truck isn't here. And he's like, no, not at all. Did you think so? I was like, cool. <laughs> so I rent a car, drive, you know, nine, ten hours, or oh, it was 11 hours, drive to Missouri, pick up the truck, and then drive the rest of the way. And I get here Saturday night. Funny story. But as I was driving into West Virginia, coming through Wheeling, the town that Taylor built, I don't know what Taylor is, but yeah, hey, Brooke, too, represent. Wheeling, I'm crossing the border, and there's a sign, and it says, do you know who Jesus is? And I was like, hmm, interesting. If you would have asked me freshman year, did I know who Jesus was? Yeah, I've grown up in church all my life. Christmas, Easter, I, weekly, I know who Jesus is. In Luke 4.22, there's a story, and it said, all, all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? What's going on here is Jesus is just about to start the work that he waited his entire life to do. And he's been, he's been healing people. He's been saying things that no one has ever heard before. Like people's minds are blown. And they're like, this dude is amazing. And there's rumors and reports going on everywhere about him. And so he goes back to his hometown. And they're like, hey, we've heard you've been doing some really cool stuff. What's up? He's in the, he's in the synagogue. And he basically says this prophecy, and it's about him. And then he starts teaching them some stuff, and they're like, this is amazing. 
we've, this is phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, one dude in the crowd yells out, hold up. Isn't this Joseph's son? If you read the next few verses, they get pretty mad. They actually try to kill him, <laughs> throw him off a cliff. Because they're so mad that this guy thinks that he's more than what he is. And so, if you keep reading the Bible, you'll notice that they kind of wrote him off. His hometown didn't want anything to do with him. He was a big deal in all these different places, but his hometown wrote him off because they thought they knew everything there was to know about him. And they missed out on him forever. Some of y'all, a lot of y'all, been to a church, maybe been to a Christmas, Easter service. This is like Jesus 101. You didn't have to go to church to know this. Who is Jesus' mother? A couple people know, Mary. <laughs> but his father wasn't Joseph. They thought his father was Joseph because they thought they knew everything there was to know about him. And they missed out on the fact that this man's father was not of this world. He had an immaculate conception, which means his mother was a virgin when she became pregnant. And they missed out on everything that he had to offer and all that he had to say and give because they wrote him off thinking they knew all that there was to know about him. I've watched a lot of people discard Jesus because they don't let themselves give him, they don't give him any time because they think they know everything there is to know about him. I almost did it. I thought there was everything to know about him. Look, I've done that. I, I did the church thing. Now I'm ready to live life. And Will showed me that I not only didn't know a little bit, I didn't know a ton. And he lived it out in front of me, what he knew about Jesus as well. They missed out on the greatest person ever walked this earth because they thought they, thought they knew it. And they missed out on him forever. I'm done. The last thing I want to say to y'all, take your future into your hands. The future is now. And you're writing your destiny tomorrow. You're not writing it in a year. The desires and the loves and the passions that you're creating in your heart today, those passions will be what shapes your future. Tomorrow is not, it's not the time to start living. Today is. Also, your friends, your friends are key in this writing of the future. Don't don't pick the bad friends, the friends who will leave you out there to fend for yourself when you're an inconvenience to them. Pick friends like Taylor, who took a girl to Walmart, a place that no one wants to be in for three hours, <laughs> but went there for three hours and was there in Walmart because someone needed to get stuff for school. And Walmart is cheap. <laughs> And don't write off Jesus. Don't write him off because you think you know everything there is to know about him. I grew up in church. I thought that I knew everything there was to know. I was there every Sunday. And if I would have walked away then, if I would have not given Will a chance, I would have missed out forever.
just like those people in his hometown did because they thought this was Joseph's son and they had no idea who he really was. I'm going to pray. Father God, help us to choose the right friends. Help us, Lord God, to take our futures into our own hands and not wait until we have a bunch of mistakes and regrets and things that we don't want in our lives forever. Help us not to wait that long. Give us wisdom to see who the right friends are and to keep ourselves around them. And Lord, help us to seek you now. You are so much more than we could ever ask or imagine. Help us not to make the mistake of thinking that we know everything there is to know about you and then to miss out on you forever. You're good, Lord. Reveal that to us and give us the wisdom to not waste this opportunity. Pray this in Jesus' name. So right now we're going to